For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Spirit Day, everyone. This is me and my sister. I think I'm about four years old in this photograph. Uh, but I want to welcome all of you today. Uh, today is National Spirit Day. And I'd like to talk a little bit. I've got several we uh, friends waiting in the wings. And the possibility of someone who's hoping to get here, someone that you're going to want to stick around and see, someone well-known in the industry. But I want to talk a little bit about what this day is and what this day is all about. Um, in a few moments, you will see the scroll uh, for GLAAD on your screens. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will bring that up right now. And if you're able to make a contribution to GLAAD today, that would be really incredible and would mean a lot to me. Tell them you heard about it or you were watching it on Richard Skipper Celebrates today. Uh, not that that's going to do anything for me, but it puts my name out there. Uh, I was a bullied kid. Uh, I was bullied in school. I was the kid that uh, carried all my books around in school. And as I was walking down the hall, there was one particular guy. Uh, I'm going to mention his name. He's no longer with us. Uh, Carl Parsons. And he made my life a living hell. Every day at school, as I walked down the hallways, he would come up and he would knock those books out of my hand just to see me scrambling around on the floor to pick them up. Uh, my father uh, was always saying, learn to be a man and learn to fight back. Well, those of you who know me know that I'm not a fighter. I will fight for what I believe in uh, and I will fight verbally and with a platform such as this. But I'm not a physical person in terms of fighting back. And I don't really believe that fighting back in that way actually changes things. Uh, it just spurs the bully uh, even more so. Uh, and it's very interesting, uh, as I was thinking about today's show and as I was preparing to put this show to get today, I was thinking about bullying in our culture. Uh, we have celebrated and elevated bullying to a realm that makes it seem okay for kids to be able to bully. Uh, when you look at the way that television is set up, as I was growing up in the early 1960s, television was situational comedy. It was the situation of Lucy and uh, Ricky Ricardo. Of course, that's a little before my time. But I grew up during Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. And all of the comedy that came out of those shows was based on the situations that they found themselves in. And then there was a shift. And the shift was about put-down humor. Someone is made to feel belittled or put down on every show. And then reality television came along. What is the premise of reality television? It's one-upmanship. Someone is always bigger or better than the previous person. And unfortunately, it's been celebrated. It's celebrated by our comedians. It's celebrated on TV. It's celebrated in every aspect of our culture. 
But today, what I want to do with my guest is I want to talk about uh, bullying and what they've experienced, what their thoughts are on bullying, and how they feel that it fits into our culture. I am going to begin by bringing on my dear friend, uh, Kasira McKee, because Kasira and I, as most of you know, we host a show on Sunday nights called the Let That Go Show. And of course, this is based on Kasira's book, Let That Go. Uh, Kasira is an ally of the LGBTQ community. So I am thrilled that she said yes to being here today. Kasira, hello, and how are you? Hello, I'm fabulous. Thank you. Well, you are fabulous, and I love uh, I love you, and I'm glad that you said yes to being here. Thank today. you. I'm glad I had the time to do it. So I want to talk. Uh, I mean, you. Uh, we just did a show about letting go of scary people and situations, um, and of course, bullies are right there in the middle of all that. So I want to ask you, um, because you are an ally of our community. Did you experience or did you see other people in school uh, bullying and how uh, and what was your response to that as an outsider of our community? Well, gosh, I started the theater when I was 13. So I had gay friends in my life since then. Mm -hmm. Most of them were not open about it yet. Yet we knew. I mean, everybody performed, but we, you know, and we didn't talk about it until they wanted, you know, finally, and we've, I've known, I've known a lot of those people since I was 13. We still have a group of people that we, we're still connected. It's bizarre. Um, and, you know, back then it would just wasn't cool to come out. It just, nobody came out. And it's, and if I may, if you don't mind, you also grew up in Texas. I grew up in South Carolina. So it was definitely not cool to come out. No. Oh, and the Bible Belt? Uh-uh. However, some of them did start coming out in high school. And in fact, one of our guys, when he got out of high school, was one of the first people to pass from AIDS. Mm, I'm sorry. And we went to the memorial. Everybody went to the memorial service. Um, it was very sad. Um, at the time, we didn't know what it was. And later on, we found out it was HIV. Um, my, and then, then as when I was in theater in high school, two of three of my best guy friends in high school were gay. I knew they were. I didn't, we didn't talk about it. Yet one night, it, I think it was after, I don't remember if it was after my senior year or the junior year, the three of them took me and my best female friend out to a gay bar. It was a fabulous disco. Of course it was. It was called, <laughs> it was called the old plantation. And it, uh, anybody watching from Dallas remembers the old plantation and it was in downtown and it was fabulous. Um, they had, it was a great disco. They had drag shows. They had, you know, they, they had three bars. There was, and there was the quiet bar you know, where you could go in and then they didn't play, you know, they play soft music and, you know, people didn't want to hear it, you know, they could go in there. So they take us into the quiet bar and sit us down and they said, we have something to tell you. And I said, uh-huh, what's that? <laughs> uh-huh. In the gay bar. They said, we're gay. 
And I said, no shit, let's dance. And we got up and we danced. I'm, so, I'm serious. That was the conversation. That's the next title of your next song. <laughs> no shit, let's dance. Yes. So, and, and that was really how it happened. And I'm like, finally, you know. And from then on, we I went to every gay bar in Dallas. And it was so fun because it was safe for me. I, nobody was going to hit up on me. I could go have fun and dance and drink, you know, and not, you know, and not worry about that. I knew where to go if I wanted to meet somebody. Trust me. We Dallas had a lot of clubs and discos for years. We had a lot, a lot of clubs and discos and live. And I was a singer. So I sang in a lot of clubs. I sang in a lot of um, gay owned cabarets and things of that nature. It was so fun. But however, you know, now times have changed and there are actual schools designed for LGBTQAI plus kids. We had the we didn't have that luxury back then. We didn't have that luxury. So most people did not come out. Some people it was obvious, some some it wasn't. It's since then more people that I've graduated with in high school have come out uh, as um lesbian and uh gay and lesbian. Uh and in fact, one of my friends, I did not grow up with her, but one of my dear friends, Theo, in Dallas is transgender. When I met him, he was Cindy. Mm -hmm. And we're still really, really good friends. Um, but here's what I want to say about the words gay and lesbian and the term queer. Queer now does not necessarily mean LG, it does not necessarily mean gay. Queer is actually, uh, different queer means different queer mm -hmm. means mm -hmm. not not in the mainstream you know so if if that's true then i must be queer i don't know because i'm not a mainstream you know i fit in where i have to but i'm i'm definitely not a mainstream kind of conservative gal and i i'm so happy that now kids can be themselves i, I know that there's still bullying going on and it's not always about kids being LGBTQAI plus, it's, it's about everything. Kids mm -hmm. get bullied for everything. And now that we have social media, kids are tormented online. Exactly. Well, again, I want to talk a little bit about the history. Um, this day was established in 2010. Um, and it was established by uh, Brittany McMillan in Canada, um, who I tried to reach out. I tried to be, I would try desperately to find her. And I'm sure she's very busy today with all kinds of things because this day has really taken off. Uh, but she wanted to bring and put a light on bullying because bullying, and you mentioned social media, social media has escalated this to such an extreme. And what is really uh, difficult, um, and I want to recommend if Anyone out there gets a chance to find the monologue that John Oliver did on Sunday night about transgender children and what they are going through in school right now. It's become a political pawn. People are really uh, uh, using and dividing these kids, uh, you know, for their own political agenda. But I do want to bring up, and here is a photograph. I found this. This is Brittany, beautiful young girl. Uh, and I love the purple in her hair. Uh, but I am going to bring on someone who has been a major supporter, Kasira, not only of you and not myself, the show that we do together on Sunday nights, another plug for that. Uh, but she has also been a major supporter uh, for 
all the stuff that I'm doing. And I am so thrilled that Tasha Rose, this is Tasha. At, Tasha, how old are you in this photograph? I was six years old. Six years old. But here, everybody, is Tasha Rose. And I am thrilled that you said yes today. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Hi, Hi Sarah. You still look the same as your as your kid photo. I I, can, I recognize that face. Thank you. You haven't changed that good. much. So, uh, Tasha, growing up, uh, I mean, did you grow up in Connecticut? Yes, I did. Uh, and can you tell us your story and the work that you do now? Because you are very much an activist, and you're very much involved in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, can you talk about the trajectory of your life up to this point? It's gone from not so good to really great now. Um, I grew up with a Italian American father who was knew what I was and could not stand it at all. He was my the biggest bully in my life. Always wanted me to be a man, be a real man, not not you. And I just I ended up moving out of the house for two years and living on the streets in New York. Oh, I'm so I was in my teens. But I moved back, went back to school, and realized what I was, who I was, very proud of myself. And I, on a whim, I got a job as a DJ. And that completely turned my life around. Mm. I was a DJ at a club in Hartford called the Warehouse Cafe. It was a huge disco. The front bar, part of the bar was a cabaret, and the back part of the bar was uh, the actual disco itself. And I was in charge of doing all the hiring of all the entertainers, which I loved. I get to know them. I got to work with them. Um, people like Carol O'Shaughnessy, Sharon oh, Knight, yeah, um, Bertha Kitt. We had her at a club one time, and wow. it was just the best time of my life. And I. It's where I was actually able to come out and realize who I was and be proud of myself for the first time in my life. And my father passed when I was 20. And he finally, on his deathbed, looked at me and said, I'm actually proud of who you are. Wow. And I'm happy for you. That was kind of very, very nice. Tasha, then, when did you begin to live your authentic life and your authentic self? Um, I'm sure that this was a process. Um, thank God for these gay bars. And I want to acknowledge that for just a moment. I came to New York in 1979, and this makes a big surprise, everybody. I did not even know that I was gay. I didn't know what gay was. I didn't know what... Uh, uh, and And... Yet I worked with people and I, people that were in my life were saying, just come out. Everybody knows it, but you, <laughs> I was the last to know. Um, even when I mentioned it to, you know, when I mentioned it to my mom the first time, <coughs> mom's response was, well, I can't change who you are. And I said, I'm not asking you to change who I am. I'm just telling you, this is who I am. I wasn't aware of that, but when I discovered in the early 1980s, um, the gay bar scene in New York. And this wasn't just a world of pickups. So don't think that everyone. It was being able to go out and yeah. be comfortable being who I was. Mm -hmm. One of my earliest jobs in New York, I worked for a company called Tiger Temps and Tiger Temps was a temp agency. And everyone that worked in the office, 
was either gay, lesbian, or transgendered. And it was just such a freeing place for me to be at that point. Um, a lot of people don't have that. When did you, because of the bar scene and everything, I'm sure that it made your life a little bit easier to tolerate against, um, you mentioned your father was your biggest bully. My father was also a bully of mine. Uh, but did you get bullied in school as well? Oh, yes. In fact, one of my bullies was also one of my partners. Wow. Oh, okay. Who was refused to come out of the closet and just came over for whatever. Mm -hmm. So that made it really hard. And I grew to hate him quite a bit. But um, it was easy for me to come out once they started working at the bar. I got a job one night on a whim as a busboy. The next thing I know, I'm being trained as the DJ. And I started working full time there. And living there and working there made everything in life so much easier and took a big weight off my shoulder. In fact, that was the first time I ever performed in drag was at the uh, Browse Cafe. I performed as that. Wow. Uh, good for you. Uh, I'm going to bring on our next guest. And I'm going to begin by bringing on her photograph. Uh, here she is. She's adorable. And as you can all see, it's Danielle. Uh, Danielle is always there for me, and I'm so glad that you said yes to being here today, Danielle. I'm so um, happy to be here. Hi, Kasira. Hi, Tasha. Hi, Dee. Hi. So I want to begin with your story as well. Um, do you consider yourself, and uh, you reached out to me because of the Trevor Project, which we will talk about, and you wanted to know if it would be okay to talk about them and the work they do, and that aspect of what we also acknowledge today. Um, but I wanna begin by asking you, number one, do you consider yourself an activist? I do, I approach that very carefully because um, I am very aware as an empath that empaths are also people who project energy, not just absorb or attract energy. And so I take it very seriously not to project things like fear or rage or fear mongering. So in my activism, I approach it with a little bit more of a Buddhist slant and um, you know, I'm very aware that, of course, we all have emotions about the, the heavy and difficult things that go on in the world, but I don't want to add more negative fuel to the fire. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do need things to jolt and wake us up uh, in order to act and, you know, have a catalyst moment. But I think anything you do as an activist that you have to continue feeding that rage or that fear in others is not going to really produce a lasting positive change. So I, I approach it, you know, tentatively and carefully carefully and always, um, you know, based on spirit and what's appropriate, what I feel is appropriate for that occasion and time. And you bring up a very interesting point, because I think it's very, very important that with all the work that any of us do, that we have to know what our comfort levels are <clears throat> and what is best suited for us in terms of how we deal uh, with all of these aspects that we're talking about today. Um, you also, um, and when you and I first met right there in your bio, uh, the very first, one of the first words is the word queer. You have, you, you put it out there. This is who I am. This is what I'm all about. When did you, do, when do you feel that you began to live your authentic life? Honestly, really not until my later twenties. 
Um, I, of course, was in a wheelchair for a great period of my life as well. So that limited my ability to go out and explore. Um, but I did have a moment uh, in my early teens where I was confronted uh, and asked about my sexuality, which at that point I really had not explored. I was just mm -hmm. sort of gravitating towards the things that I was into. And being confronted in that way really shut me down and made me kind of rebel against it. And also as someone who is very spiritual, Virtual, I always knew that um, I remembered lifetimes where I was not queer and I remembered being with people in straight relationships. So it confused me at first of, you know, I just wanted to accept the people that I knew I was meant to love and connect with on a soul level without necessarily a gender attached. And then as I grew more, you know, I saw that most of those people in this lifetime happened to be female. So that's why I actually use the word queer, you know, as all encompassing. I'm not really comfortable with bisexual because I have not, um, I, I did come out as bisexual first, which I think a lot of people can relate to, but I'm not really comfortable with that label anymore because I, I haven't really had relationships with, um, with men. And I want to talk, and I want to do uh, mention uh, that if anyone here uh, who's watching the show is interested in coming on camera and talking about it. I'll put the link uh, in the uh, in the comment section and feel free to come on and tell your own story because that's what this show is about. I'm going to be sending this to Glad. I hope that other people will see this. And I also hope that, again, if you're able to, uh, that you will all make a contribution, uh, those of you who can, uh, to Glad and the work they're doing. But you also mentioned the Trevor Project. And I do want to say that right now, bullying is at an all-time high. Um, uh, and suicide is at an all-time high. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Kids are committing suicide because of the, uh, the constant uh, needling. And it, I, I, I will burst into tears thinking about this. Um, mm -hmm. Of these kids, um, when I went to teachers in school, I was told to fight back. Um, teachers did not want to get involved. They didn't want to, even then, did not want to take sight mm -hmm. of. I would go to my principal in tears because of this guy, Carl Parsons, who made my life a living hell in high school. Anyone from high school who knows this, you may remember Carl, but he made my life, a, and I remember his name, and I should say his name because I put a face on it and a name on it. And... Uh, but again, with the bullying and the suicide rates, I mean, when we have a Florida, a, a, a governor in Florida uh, with the don't say gay laws and kids are made to feel ashamed of who themselves they are. If a kid comes to school and says, I have two daddies or I have two mommies and uh, they are told that they can't talk about that in the classroom. What message are we sending to these kids? Yeah. So. Danielle, you and the Trevor Project. Yes. Well, first, I'm not affiliated with them. I, I have worked with them uh, in the past to donate, and I had been someone who had reached out to them. And I 
do have to say they're an amazing organization as technology has advanced. They have really been there for LGBTQ youth. Yes. They've advanced their program where they can reach people via text, via online. They have a special feature on their website where you can press escape. I think it's three times to just shut down the web page really quickly in case you're a young person exploring your sexuality and you mm-hmm. don't want your parents to see. Um, I had an experience with uh, a kind of distant cousin who I knew more strongly when they were a baby and they had a very severe experience with bullying and difficulty in the home and uh, with I found out later their sexuality and they ended up taking their life uh, as a young teenager. Mm -hmm. And uh, as the family medium, of course, during that time, we reconnected and I was able to, you know, be there and and help his soul. But it was really during that time that I I had heard of the Trevor Project before, but I I really connected with them then. And I was able to connect some of his... um, contemporaries with them. And I then had personal experience and they have amazing counselors. They have amazing people that are very diligent and will be there for, I think the age range now is 13 to 24. So I think that's helpful for people that are, you know, out of high school, but are still younger and coming to terms with their sexuality. They help uh, suicidal youth as well as youth that is just depressed or lonely. So a lot of people feel like they have to get to a place of being suicidal before they'll reach out for help. And with the Trevor Project, I've not found that to be the case. Uh, So if anyone knows young people, obviously without confronting them, because that would be dangerous. Um, But if if they've already disclosed to you, I would recommend the Trevor Project and anyone who would like to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I want to address Joyce, and then I'm going to have you, because Sarah responded to this as well. Um, uh, Joy, and I'm going to bring the comment on camera so we can all see this uh, and uh, show. There we are. Uh, Joyce Glasgow, thank you for being here, Joyce. Uh, We can be bullied as adults, too, by people in positions Mm -hmm. of authority that no one dares to challenge for fear of uh, of not being believed. Yes, that's happened to me several times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kazira, I'm going to just turn it over to you, and you can address this comment. Oh, I've been bullied so much. I I lived in New York, as you know, for years. I worked on Wall Street. Um, I worked for a woman who was horrible to everybody. And I reported her and they did an investigation and found no proof. Mm-hmm. And she bullied everyone. Why? They were afraid to speak up. They were afraid they're going to lose their jobs. I had to quit my job and was not given unemployment because there was no proof found that she was a bully. That's sick. And it happens a lot in our society. It happens a whole heck of a lot. Um I want to ask I, you, and you can choose to answer or not. It's your choice. Uh, but could you tell us in what way she bullied you at work? Oh, it it was just in every way. Her behavior, her uh, the way she spoke to us. Um, you know, we everybody did her job. She made the bucks. We didn't, and we all did her job while she read the paper in her office. You know? <laughs> and it was do this or not. It was do this or not. And if we spoke up about anything, she would just tell us and just and no, there's no argument. There's something wrong with you and you just do your job. I mean, it was just, all, I can't remember. It was years ago. Um, you know, uh, I've 
I've had them on, I, I used to work for people in Dallas, for owners of companies that were bullies, that bullied the whole staff. Yeah. Played a lot of emotional games with people, a lot of verbal games with people. Uh, and it's, well, yeah. it, you know, when Danielle was talking, there's something, something divine said something to me. And it was that our planet for human beings has never really been safe. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. we're evolving as a species the the planets are changing you know uh and it, it, there's a lot of change going on and people ha are, are waking up and they're they're not going to stand for it anymore they're we're not going to stand for inequality anymore um we've got a little backwards with some uh females and laws that concern you know uh females we're, we've gone backwards in a few ways, but I feel like as, if we just keep going and we keep having talks like this, we're and we keep coming together like this, we're going to. It may take a while, but we're going to change this. We're, we're going to change this. Yeah. We, 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 we were talking last night about Spirit Day, and I told you I said, oh, what I'm hearing is spirit, meaning the passion behind something. Mm -hmm. Your, your mm -hmm. passion yeah. behind something. Um, you know, equal rights for me is a passion. It's, you know, I, I've been mistreated. My mother was my bully. I've been mistreated. I was mistreated through childhood by my mother, by other kids in school. I want to say hi. I, I, for some reason, I can't type on the comments and I don't know why I can't do that. I, I got to figure that out, but I want to say hi to Doug McAllister. Yes. Our friend Doug, he said, what he said a few minutes ago. I was in school. I was bullied for being fat. Yes. And and I was too, and I wasn't even fat. Well, I was called <laughs> I names. Look at the pictures and I'm like, right? I wasn't fat, you know. And I, I want to say also, I want to say hi to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Aaron's here. Aaron Graylor. Yes, he's, thank he's you. Cheating, he's cheating at work. He runs a, a doctor's office in Beverly Hills. Huge job. And um, he's watching. He's sneaky watching. Yes. And um, both of you were welcome to come on if you want to. So just let me know. I don't know, know if Aaron's allowed to, but Doug, yes. Doug, would it be great to have you on, Doug? Um, but but yes, I'm with Doug. There's so many. Where do kids get this? Where do they get at home? This? Yeah, at home. I mean, it's on. You know, a lot of parents. A lot of parents will say, "I don't know where she got this. I don't know where he got this." You know, girls are girls and boys terrible at bullying other kids online. They stalk them and they make their lives a living hell. Where did and and the parents say, "I don't know where they got that." Well, they got it somewhere. Um, forgive me, everybody. Uh, yeah. uh, at the risk of offending anyone, and I don't think in this audience I'm going to offend anyone with what I'm about to say. Uh, okay. But I want to talk about where we are politically right now. Because in 21 days, we are going to be voting, uh, hopefully, <clears throat> the vote. And I'm petrified. I am petrified yeah. based on what I'm hearing on the news right now. Um, you know, about six months ago, and people's attention spans are small in this country. About six months ago, um, it was announced that people were going, I mean, people were voting on the abortion platform. And that's now taking a back seat because of the economic, people feel we're heading towards recession. And I heard yesterday, 100% certain that in the next year, we are going to be there. Uh, but as we're moving in that direction, people, and because Zira and I have talked about this as well, 
the crime rate in this country has really escalated. Um, here in New York City, um, we've had nine murders on the subway system yeah. uh, this year alone. Uh, yeah. And, no, I uh, thought it was. I thought it was in the last two or three months. Well, in the last, we've had three people that were murdered in the last two weeks, um, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. happening. When I came to New York, there was a fear that you would, if you got mugged, you were mugged because somebody wanted to feed themselves. They needed money. They wanted money. But nowadays, people are walking up and attacking people. Uh, with absolutely no provocation at all, which is how do you combat that? It's very difficult. Um, but these images, uh, I mean, uh, gun violence, uh, Bill Maher did a whole monologue on this. It's the one area that has not been reformed in our entertainment industry. Uh, yeah. I mean, even now at the beginning of a film, it says smoking is depicted in this film or drinking is depicted in this film. Uh, but gun violence is the last bastion where, and I've told everyone to do this and you can all do this. This is my experiment for all of you. Turn on your TVs, start at channel two and channel surf through all of your channels. I mean, on my TV, I only have the channels that I watch on a regular basis. But if you channel surf, I can guarantee you the number of violent images that you will see are absolutely astronomical um but my concern right now is that people are not going to vote and lgbtq rights women's rights uh racism i mean we have i mean there's a term somebody help me out here um of they're afraid that uh other races are going to take over uh, their lifestyles, their jobs, everything. I've always been a live and let live type of a person. So I am, but I am really concerned about this. When it comes to yes. the things that we're talking about, Tasha, do you want to begin? We need to get the vote out there desperately. And we got to do it soon. And rally people to vote. Register people to vote. Do what you have to, because this vote is going to be very important for us. It could be very dangerous for us too if the wrong people vote. Absolutely, and uh, you know, and Danielle, your thoughts? I think um, we need more conversations, honestly, because mm -hmm. I think the reason that so many of these things were able to happen was because everybody seems to stick to their side, mm -hmm. not have conversations. And then by way of not having conversations, you're not educating yourself and you're not educating yourself about the candidates or the issues by just informing yourself one way and sticking to the same people very few things will actually change i think we need to integrate more we need to be willing to have more discourse in a respectful way and see why people feel the need to vote the way they do and i think that's what makes more change personally than just kind of spouting at people to vote i think that's why people get sick of it i think it works well in other countries who aren't constantly bombarded by ads, which a lot of those these ads that we see are really negative propaganda programming. And we need to learn a new way to present ads from candidates that are not um, needing to downplay issues to people and, you know, 
diminish the voters' intelligence by way of just kind of slandering the other party. I think it's more important to present your side and your issue and why it's important to you than it is to diminish someone else and keep playing that old game. Well, it also takes courage and, and it takes, uh, what's the word? It takes the initiative for us to do our own homework about candidates. We can't believe ads. Right. Yes. You know, we, we're bombarded with ads in, in New Mexico for people running in Nevada and Arizona. The word is replacement. So thank you, Alan, for this. That's what I'm I was. Sorry? It's a replacement uh, theory where people oh. believe that we're going to be yeah. replaced. Yeah. Well, and, and just so you know, people, we've been saying for many, many, we're always, people are always saying we're headed for a recession. We're headed for a recession. We're headed for a recession. You know, and, and people, people say it all the time. We've said it for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. And, and the more, you know, as, as I say in my book, when we say something, we're casting a spell. Right. Where do you think the word spelling comes from? You know, remember we took in, in, junior high i'm sorry in elementary school we took spelling class exactly yep yeah well we're casting a spell and would say we're headed for a recession we're headed for a recession mm -hmm. we're headed, you know a cancel clear universe sorry uh you know <laughs> well but what if but what if we're not how what if we're not it's predictive I, programming I, it's predictive yeah. programming and propaganda and the more people contribute to it and consent to it it's not that you don't protect yourself or your family and you know be prepared if that's a possibility but you need to decide with your free will and your consent is that we, the world you we, want we need we need to decide we need right. to decide well we as i said in my introduction uh tonight uh, bullying is uh glorified on TV shows, on yes. reality shows. Yes, Someone's going to get kicked off the island. Someone's cupcake is going to be better than somebody else's cupcake. And these, you know, shows like, forgive me for those who are fans, but even- Of the housewives, of, of the housewives conglomerate. <laughs> but that's a, that's a very good example. I don't watch um, those. I do not watch I, those. I don't watch, them. I don't watch them either, but someone- I'm not going to mention names, uh, has become very successful. Yes, we know who that is. Yes, on that franchise. Mm -hmm. And it, and I, you know, years ago, um, I did the Conan O'Brien show. I did a sketch on the show. And two weeks later, they called me up and they said, Conan specifically wants you on the show. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. Um, I'm excited. I'm telling everybody in the world, I'm going to be on Conan O'Brien tomorrow night. You're going to what? Oh, okay. When I arrived at the studio and they gave me the song to sing, um, to me, it was very offensive at, for me personally. I'm not putting my value system on anyone else's, but it was offensive to me. And I said, no. And the casting director said that that was the first time in the history of her being a casting director that someone came in and said, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna do that. And I didn't do the show that night. Good. Uh, and, but actors need to take responsibility. I know that we wanna work in this business, mm -hmm. uh, but we need to take responsibility for the scripts that we agreed to do. And um, Joyce Glasgow said it, I'm gonna bring her comment on screen here. Like the Rogers and Hammerstein song from South Pacific. Uh, South Pacific. You've got to be taught to hate and fear. You've got to be taught from year to year. It's got to be drummed in your dear little ear. Um, 
And we have to be. You got to be. You got to be carefully taught. I played Bloody Mary in South Pacific. <laughs> I was stew pot. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical! I did oh, wow. in stock. So, um, and I'll show you, and I'll bring the picture up if I can find it. Uh, but we have to say, um, no. Uh, I was. I remember right after uh, the O.J. Simpson uh, murder with Nicole. Um, I went to see a show at Don't Tell Mama in New York and the uh, singer was on stage singing and it was all about being in love with so-and-so and one of the lyrics of the song, and I'm paraphrasing, was everybody knows Nicole was asking for it. <gasps> and when wow. I heard, That's when shocking. I, That's shocking. When I heard that, I blurted out in the audience, that is a Offensive. Yeah. And everybody in the audience turned and looked at me. Um, and then after the show was over, of course, the playwright of the show came running over to me saying, um, uh, we've got to find the humor uh, in these situations. And I said, if you tell me something that's no. funny about a woman being brutally murdered, you know, I will give you $500 right now. Yeah. And uh, it's not uh, funny. It's offensive. And um, my friend, who was the musical director, my reason for being there, um, called me the next day. And she said, thank you. It's out of the show. But the fact that nobody during the rehearsal process or anything leading up to that night uh, felt that it was an offensive line. Um, we have to speak out. When we well, as you remember when I called you? And there's, there's someone we both know that we're not friends with. I mean, I knew him for years, but I'm not friends with him anymore. Who who recorded that video of him singing that put down song? I don't even remember what it was about. Let's yes, talk yes, about. yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And <laughs> I called you and I'm like, what is going on? This person has a lot of followers and this is so offensive. Yeah. Because that it gets was, the attention first. It's a, cabaret, it's a cabaret song, and it was it was horrible. Absolutely. Was, oh, I know what it's about. It was commenting on people getting plastic surgery. Right. right. And I know for a fact that this person who sang the song it gets Botoxed a lot. So. <laughs> well, that's another show. So, you know, as as we do our wind down, I'm going to do some wind down questions and hopefully we'll keep them on point and on the theme of today's show. Because, Sarah, I know you don't like surprise questions, but today you're going to get a surprise question. Well, this is not my show. So it's your show. So. Oh, it's our show. Um, and I do want to let everyone know, once again, if you can make a contribution to GLAAD, please, please, please do so. Or the Trevor Project or any organization that is working on behalf of our LGBTQ youth. Um and I'm glad that Joyce brought up the fact that as adults, many are abused as well. Um, but today, I, I really want to focus on the youth and what they are going through. Um, all, I mean, all of us, I mean, I can speak for uh, Tasha and Danielle. Um, we were bullied. We were all bullied in school. And we know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And uh, just want to you know, put a spin on that. Uh, but uh, today, uh, the giveaway is going to be based on uh, hashtag spirit day. So, uh, you know, use that and uh, hopefully we'll get a a new winner today. Uh, And if you've won uh, before, 
and uh, we'll talk about what your prize is going to be. You can always give it to someone else. So, Kasira, um, I want to ask you, I'm going to rephrase this question because the question that I pulled up said, what's the best date that you've ever been on? I'm going to switch this around because we are talking about bullying today. Um, some people have been on dates with bullies. Has that ever been the case with you? And for someone who is very spiritually enlightened, um, your advice to anyone who would find themselves in that situation on how they should deal with it. Well, I've never been on a date with a bully, but I can say I've walked out on dinner for three different men. <laughs> Was this one date that all three men were there? But I just don't put up with it, baby. I just don't. I don't have, mama doesn't have that kind of time, okay? And mama's not going to give you any more energy if, you, if you're nasty to me. <laughs> no, we're all deep. I think we're all fabulous divas. Don't cross a diva. No. Especially in a restaurant because... Then I will make sure you are left with the tab. Did you just get up and walk right out of the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Now, I've never been. Now, here's the thing. I'm not violent. Not violent. So I don't, you know, do the whole Joan Crawford throwing the martini in somebody's face. Now, I do. <laughs> I do have a friend in Dallas who's gay who has done that. And, and the stories are hysterical. But uh, the way he tells the stories are really funny. Right. Uh, yet. Um, I, I don't put up with, you know, I'm, I'm gone by if I'm in a group of people and someone's disgusting, I will gracefully excuse myself and leave. Here's why we can't change. We, we, we really can't change anyone else. We can just only control mm -hmm. ourselves. Okay. We can show by example, but you know, sometimes people never pick up the hint, you know, I actually, we were having brunch here once and this was when, uh, Oh, and I just remember the other thought that I wanted to say earlier uh -huh. um, about Donald Trump. And I'm going to mention uh -oh. his name because he bullied every other candidate that he was running against. It was bullying. He talked well, he about still, lies. He, still, he still is. I, I'm careful about what I say about him because I'm the only non-Republican in my family. Exactly. But the fact is, Again, regardless of what side you're on politically, he is a bully. He is a classic example of what a bully is like. Yep. And I remember someone saying to me during the election, um, they admired him because he wiped the floor with all the other candidates. To me, that was the biggest turnoff for me because I know what it's like to be bullied and I see him as a bully. That's my well, today. But also, darling, as president, he literally mocked and made fun of people. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's a form of bullying. And it's a form of violence. Here's the thing. So in New York, but back in the day when I was younger, in on my the Buddhist organization I'm a member of, of Soka Gakkai, it's a which is worldwide. We had when I was in what we call the youth division, when I I they pulled me into adult division kicking and screaming. Just want to make that clear. Um we had a group called Victory Over Violence, and we met once a month, and we had activity. We had these really cool open mic-like nights, poetry nights, and music and stuff about violence. And there mm. are lots of different kinds of violence. Mocking people, making some, making fun of someone who's physically impaired, and mocking, you know, making up a yeah. voice and making up the gestures, especially for the leader of, like, you know, 
of supposedly a free country, which we're kind of headed out of that direction for a minute, but I know, I think we're coming back. Uh, for him, that was violent. Well, Joyce makes a comment. She says um, that he's an example of a bully who gets away with it. And even before uh, uh, he has been rewarded with his bullying. That's another thing. People who've created heinous uh, situations. Uh, Joy Buttafuoco, um, after the whole, if you know, the Long Island uh, case where yeah. his wife was shot in the face. Mm -hmm. Agents were vying to represent him. Yes. And he got film work. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, yes, he dancing, did. Dancing with the stars put Sean Spicer on a couple of years ago after he lied to the country. And he was oh, god awful. I'm not. I'm not afraid to say it. He was god awful on that show. He was. But listen, yeah. listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, to be fair, a lot of politicians bully. We just don't see yeah. it. Exactly. Right. I mean, not just Republicans. Not just him. Donald Trump. Yes, they do. There's a lot you know, of people who have bullied people time. and actually been, uh, you know, actually allegedly had people knocked off here and there. You know, uh, that's not just Republicans and Donald Trump. It's, it's on both it's, sides. It's, yeah, it's Tasha, on both sides. Tasha, I want to ask you, I mean, I pulled up a, co a comment card and it says, what's one daily action that you can take to elevate your mental health and physical fitness? So what do you do uh, for your own uh, spiritual well-being? especially in today's world where we're talking about bullying everything. At the end of the day, I sit there and I read my affirmations. And I also read from... Ah! Yes! <laughs> um, and I do my affirmations every night to try and enthrall myself, to try and get myself to concentrate and wind down for the day. Mm -hmm. I always try to be positive. Right here on my desk, always. Yes. Yep. Same Thank here. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Tasha. I read my own book. I, I really do. I do the exercises in my, that's why I wrote it. You know what? That's going to be my giveaway today. I'm going to give away a copy of your book because I okay. think it's the perfect thing to do. Um, okay. And so, uh, Danielle, um, I pulled up a card. It's called Thank You, Sorry. I'm going to read this and then we're going to make this work for you. Thank you, sorry. So say thank you instead of sorry. Uh, for example, say thank you for your patience instead of sorry I'm late. Uh, that's a good example. And this is how it works. The trick um, switches the focus away from your guilt to appreciating the other person, which feeds their ego and then makes them even think about their own need uh, to apologize to you. Have you ever been in a situation where you have been able to uh, turn the tide in a situation where you have been on the receiving end of the negativity? I have. And I do believe that when we are able to send people understanding and compassion, things can shift dramatically. However, I don't necessarily agree with that practice from the card, because mm -hmm. I think in that way, in the way they wrote it, no offense to the author, I see it as a little bit manipulative. And I think mm -hmm. if you are trying to control the outcome of somebody's response to you, um, you know, by only expressing emotion or gratitude to them to try to get them to treat you a certain way, I, I don't think that's necessarily a healthy. Yeah, I agree with you on the explanation of it. So do I agree with that. This card will never be used again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And you know what, Danielle? Uh, I work in the medical field with a lot of unhappy you know, people coming to me for things. Yeah. And, and there is a weight 
we have we're we're very busy and there's a wait. I say to most people who have been made to wait, hi, thank you so much for your patience. I apologize for the wait. And that mm -hmm. just and, and I just do that to to recognize so they know that they're recognized they've been waiting. Right. It's I, not to manipulate it's them. not it's not for any other reason. Yeah. And I've no and they complete they go, Oh, that's okay. You're good. I know you're you know. It's a completely different reaction than I would get if I just completely ignored the fact that they'd been waiting an hour or half an hour or, you know, and I don't do it for any other reason than that, than just to acknowledge that they've done that. It's just an acknowledgement and people want to be acknowledged. Right. And there's a difference between that type of intention and recognition than yeah. there is in exactly. doing it specifically to control the other person's yeah. outcome. To or control their, their response. That's right. I agree with you. Exactly. So speaking of acknowledgement, I'm going to bring up another comment. And this is from Alan. My copy of Kasira's book is arriving today. Looking forward to being on the same page. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so we're getting the book out there. We're going to... We're going to start a movement, and Kasira and uh, Kasira and I too uh, are going to try to get January second declared as Let That Go Day. Kasira, you need to do an audio book with your beautiful voice. You know, I've tried. I've looked into it. I sell this on Amazon, and they don't allow it no. through their thing. Oh wow! Because they they would have to. Here's why: they would have to sit down and listen to it, the whole thing, to make sure there was nothing horrible in it. You know, they have to review it. And um, I'm not sure how to, here's what I'd like. I'd like a book deal <laughs> with a company that will support me in that. And I also have designed divination games that I'd like to put out there too. So I'd really like to have a book deal with a really, um, a, an open, you know, a, an open company that's into like these ideas. And yeah, but thank you for saying that. I'd love to record a book. I'd like to do it myself. You can do it yourself. You can do it yeah, yourself like and sell it yourself. You so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, because I, I'm as a former entertainer. Well, I guess I still am kind of. Um, I think I'd be a really good choice for reading my own book. Thank you. Oh. Well, we are going to give away a copy of your book right now. I want to thank Yay. everybody for being here today. And, okay. Uh, remember, uh, we're there's not several people here that have a book. Have the book. Yes. That are watching. Uh, Francis, uh, Francis, do you have a copy of the yes. book? Yeah, she does have a copy of the book. Yeah. Well, so, Francis, if we, if I send you the book today, I want you to go to the ninth friend on your friends list. As a matter of fact, give me a call later and let me know who that person is, and we're going to send the book to them, uh, and uh, we'll hopefully get them uh, to the show. Um, before I let you all go, I do want to let you know, Kasira and I. Most of you know this because you show up here, uh, but we're on Sunday night at seven o'clock. And this Sunday night, we are going to be talking about the topic, letting go of the evil within ourselves. Uh, because uh, some people, uh, whether some people, I, and I do believe this, bully without really realizing that they are bullying other people. And that's another thing. I mean, some people, it's just the way that they go uh, through, um, uh, uh, Hold on for just a second. We've been. Uh, we have a bully. I, I saw. <laughs> we, we both saw a bully, and that person has just been blocked. So that's what okay. happens. Uh, and this is what I do. <laughs> that was kind of fun for a minute. Uh, I, yes. I block bullies. And uh, <laughs> so that bully just got blocked. Uh, 
So uh, that's what happened. That's hysterical. But, but that's I want to talk, uh, I'm going to have my closing remarks. And then, Kasira, I'm going to turn it over to you. And then, Tasha, and then, Danielle, you'll have the final word today. Uh, but the thing is that uh, I want to begin once again, and I know I've said it several times uh, during today's show, uh, if you can make a contribution to GLAD, it would mean a lot to me and to them as well. So please do that, or the Trevor Project, if you're able to do that. Uh, the thing is that none of us are responsible for what other people do in the world. I'm not responsible uh, for this person bullying us just now, uh, but I am responsible for how I respond to it. And I chose to block that person. And it comes to all, and I'm repeating myself, I know this, but when it comes to all social media uh, posts, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram, if you see something that's lifting others up, please leave a comment, please share it, and please get the word out for other people. But if you see something that's putting somebody down, um, I saw a review the other day of Leah Michelle uh, in Funny Girl. And that review, the writer chose to go to the previous artist, who is no longer in the show, folks. She's moved on. Let her go. Why but would he, he go to Beanie? But he chose to attack her. Um, and we all either add to it or we detract from it. And I feel that if you see something negative, get rid of it. Thank you all for being here today. Again, the number of the day is nine. It's a nine day. Nine days to me, I already call them let that go days because the nine days are the days that I let go of uh, papers that are piling up on my desk, things that are here, and also the negativity in our lives. So choose to reach out to that ninth person on your list today and let them know what they mean to you. If you can, Order two copies of Kasira's book. Keep one for yourself and send it to the ninth person on the list and let them know what they mean to you. So I, as my dear friend, Sean Monagar always says, we're all in this together. together. We're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a Skipper and a Kasira and a Tasha and a Danielle along. And otherwise, you know, it would be like being on Gildan's Island. And you also need a Skipper on that island. So anyway, can I, I play mean, ginger? Can I play ginger? I was just gonna say that because here is the ginger. <laughs> so, I love you. I love everybody who took the time to be with us this afternoon. Uh, please don't let it stop when this show ends. Spread it around today. It's Spirit spread, Day. Spread the love. And yeah. as Sarah says, it is the spirit and the passion behind all of this. So I'm gonna leave the screen, and Sarah, it's all yours. Thank you, darling. So somebody mentioned the song that, that plays before our my Let That Go show, or Let That Go show. That song is about gay bullying. That's what the song is about. And I recorded it with a, a writer named Billy Hammond, who's in Germany now. He wrote the track. I wrote the lyrics. I recorded all of the backups and that the whole all the vocals are mine. And there was a third producer who shall remain nameless. He was a, turned out to be a bully. We, I had friends with Trevor and also Glad, one of my old, uh, one of my former attorneys who's no longer with us was on the board of Glad. Uh, I offered the song to the Trevor Project 
to as a campaign song. And the third uh, bully producer said, absolutely not. We couldn't donate anything to anybody. He wanted money out of it and he didn't want to be associated with that. So, and because of that, he blocked us actually releasing the song. So the song cannot be bought. I can't release it. So I thought I'd, I'd put it to good use and use it on the show. Nobody can have a whole copy. Sorry about that. But that is what the song is about. It's about gay bullying, especially with children, just so you know. Okay. On my book, if, if you guys who have the book, I'm going to start with the top of page 14, and then I'm going to go back to 13. The top of page 13, 14 is one line. Energy fields, psychic energy, are the process of life. An energy exchange between one energy field and another. So on page 13, truth, like attracts like. One focus, our focus is our reality. It is the universal law of cause and effect. The energy we are magnetizes like energy. We all, we, all living things and even the inanimate things we create, make, or manufacture are manifested vibrational energy. Everything in the universe is made of vibrational energy, which has a boomerang effect. Our ways of being and states of mind, such as our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, actions, and language are energetically vibrational. In fact, the energy of what we think, do, say, feel, and believe creates certain vibrations that create frequencies. Our frequencies radiate out of us into the universe like radio waves, which find a vibrational match and bring it back to us. This is the boomerang effect. What would be nice is if all those bullies out there would understand the law of cause and effect and the boomerang effect. Uh, and uh, the more I think my book gets out, the more we can teach those people uh, because I don't, I, I don't think they understand. I don't think they even have an inkling about what cause and effect is. That's my ending today. I love you all, and I will see you on Sunday. I want to say thank you very much for having me here today. It was good seeing you, Danielle. Um, I try and always stay positive. I ignore negativity on media, and I never promote it. So please stay positive and please donate to the Trevor Project. Thank you and bye. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Tasha. And finally, face to face, Kasira. Um, I want to say that I really love the quantum entanglement aspect that Kasira was touching upon in her book there. And although today is primarily about supporting our LGBTQ youth, I do a lot of inner child work and you know, going back to that inner child version of us, the version of us that was bullied or the version of us that went through things that were traumatic, even if we didn't consider them bullying at the time, whether that was in school or whether that was from, you know, the attitudes of a parent. If we all have the courage to go back to that place and address our wounding and our perceptions and why we treat ourselves and others the way that we do, I think this world could be very different. And I think that will also contribute to us being better examples uh, to these next generations coming forward and of us being able to be of more service to them. Um, on my podcast recently, which is on my YouTube channel, if you want to check it out, I've been really focusing on mental health 
aspects and the roots of those patterns. And although I love to get geeky like, you know, Kasira and go into quantum entanglement and esoteric things, I really find that we need that base of the mental health aspect. We need that base of understanding where our perceptions and patterns come from so that we can treat ourselves and then others more kindly. And I know that I myself struggled with inner homophobia. I'm sure many people here in the community or that are allies, you know, have struggled with things like that as well. The internal feelings that we have and not realizing those internal feelings affect whether we are detrimental to ourselves or the way that we are treating others in the community. So I want to encourage you always start with yourself first when you can treat yourself more kindly, understand why you think and act and react the way that you do. And then if you can support the youth through, you know, who you know personally, who you know in your community, the things that you put out online, if you are able to give donations to places like GLAD or the Trevor Project, that's wonderful. But also remember, you know, it's it's difficult. We don't want to confront people about their sexuality. We want to be assured enough in our own and in our own integrous self to be able to be safe spaces and positive examples for those people and for those people to know that there is nothing to be ashamed about anymore and that we're here if and when they're ready or needing to talk. So I know that so many people in the community here are doing that and so many people that follow me are, are doing that work and committed and I'm so grateful. And thank you so much for having me a part of the conversation today. Sending lots of violet flame and purple high vibe energy to everyone. And I will see you next time.